kind of a special edition podcast, the way we recapped the Egg Bowl, and I appreciate everybody tuning in. And so I've got two jobs, well, really three jobs to do. Number one, I'm going to tell you about Mississippi Land Bank. I've been screaming Land Bank at y'all on the radio for how many years now? <laughs> Seriously, I think it's over 10 years um, that I've been able to partner with Mississippi Land Bank in some capacity and a lot on the radio going, Land Bank! And that's kind of how it started. And believe it or not, I mean, I still have people that come up to me and say that. You know, they come up and scream, Land Bank! Um, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> we get some giggles. And uh, also to everybody on Periscope, I'm going to get this pulled up here. And uh, I think I've got it streaming live. Let's make sure so that I can see comments. I want to do the same thing with Facebook. And then we'll be off and running. I'll make sure we're turned down. Yeah, listen, uh, can't say a thanks enough. Look, man, like I am decked out. I got the Land Bank hat. I got the Land Bank embroidered uh, pullover. Got the logo over here. How about that? So uh, the message is this. If you're in North Mississippi and there's any kind of land need, whether it's buying, selling, just looking, it's farmland, hunting land, recreational property, uh, great people at that company, and they'll help you. It'll be the kind of folks that you want to do business with. And two, for farmers, you know, they understand at Mississippi Land Bank that it's not just the simple life, farming. It's big business. It's spreadsheets quite often and that kind of work as well. And it sometimes it requires big, you know, uh, big loans. And so they certainly understand the business backward and forward. Great people in that company from the top down. I don't even hesitate to tell you all about Mississippi Land Bank and stick my name on it. Um, so when you head on over there, tell them I sent you. Follow them on Twitter if you don't already at MS Land Bank and uh, check out the branch offices all throughout North Mississippi. More on them in a bit. I am fighting a cold, which has been interesting on the radio here uh, the last little bit. <laughs> Yesterday and today, it's been pretty interesting. And so I just thought I'd jump in here with you tonight, had a little time in the studio to record a podcast. This will be posted on uh, the Matt Wyatt Show podcast stream. And uh, I'll get you a link there, sent out on Twitter later. Let's see. Hey, Matt, Point City going for the fourth straight state championship. Go Green Wave. How about that? The West Point Green Wave. That's right. When they play Saturday night uh, for the 5A state championship, fourth straight. Isn't that incredible? What a job Coach Chambliss and everybody have done at West Point High School. Um, there's a Morgan on that staff, Brett Morgan on the staff there at West Point as well. Vicksburg boy, Mississippi State guy. Hey to Matt on Facebook. Hey to Adam, Chris, Greg, everybody tuning in. Good to see y'all. Feel free to get those comments in. I'll make sure I can get them both. You know, I'll do the best I can. We got Facebook and Twitter going at the same time. And, um, you know, there may be a chance I miss one or two, but we'll get them in there. So just kind of fire away. You can ask me anything. Like, for instance, this from Mr. Townsend. What bowl are you hoping for, Matt? Hail State. Hail State to you. Joshua says, um, said, uh, hey to me from cell block A1256. Joshua, hang in there. If, if indeed that is the case. No, on the ball game thing, I was going to show you here, uh, if I could find it on my, my phone, I had a recent tweet where I put a poll out there. Now, I did a couple of these, okay? So back around maybe Sunday or Monday, it might have been Sunday, might could have been Saturday, but anyway, it was sometime over the weekend, I put a poll out there on Twitter, and I wondered what fans, what Mississippi State fans were hoping for for bowls. And so I compared, I think it was the Music City Bowl, the uh, Liberty Bowl in Memphis was one of the options. And on that one, there were, it was kind of split between folks that kind of wanted to go to Memphis to the Liberty Bowl versus folks that wanted to go to Nashville for the Music City Bowl. But then yesterday, I had John Cohen on the radio show, Athletics Director of Mississippi State, and he talked as if there was a really slim chance, if any, that state would wind up in the Liberty. So I thought, okay, I'm going to redo this poll. I'm going to send it out there, a new one, 
I'm going to take the liberty option out of it, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, see what they think about the main three options that he threw out there. It sounded like, anyway, the main three options that John threw out there, which was the Texas Bowl in Houston, the Music City in Nashville, and the Belk Bowl in Charlotte, which seemed like three main possibilities. Now, and I think some people are saying Gator is a possibility. Others are saying what? Um, I, I don't know. But I found this interesting. So here are the results. I don't know if you can see uh, the poll there, but see in the middle, it was largely that particular poll. When you took Liberty out, it was largely in favor of the Music City. Now it's about, this one was 1,500 votes. So it's a small sample size. But 79% of the people voted for the Music City in Nashville over the Belk Bowl in Charlotte and over the Texas Bowl in Houston, and I'm certain that's just strictly people voting based on uh, driving distance. So that's what I would choose, <laughs> selfishly, as I'd love to go to Music City. But, you know, you're starting to see some of the projections. Like early on, they were projecting Tennessee to go to the Gator Bowl, which kind of left it wide open for State to take all its people up there to Nashville, which is what State fans want. But I've started to see a few more recently that are predicting Tennessee to the Music City in Nashville. Which obviously, you know, they're going to sell a bunch of tickets there. And then I think it had maybe like Kentucky in the Gator, maybe. And then uh, had State going to Houston, Texas. The great thing about if you play in Houston, Texas, in dead of winter, it's an indoor game, which is a really cool experience as a fan because then you know you're not dealing with... You know, you think about the Belt Bowl that we played in in Dak Prescott's senior year, 2015. And the fact that that was an absolute monsoon that entire day for all the fans that went to the game. All right, so back here on the comments on Facebook, and again on Periscope, I'm looking, so feel free to comment there uh, as well, or question. So just hit me up. You know, that's kind of an old tried and true, the the, uh, AMA, hashtag AMA, ask me anything. That's what that stands for, if you didn't didn't know. Um, Let's see. Howdy to Trey on Facebook. Hey to you. Matt says, um, will Kareem Walker be eligible to play in the bowl game? That's a really good question. I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Um, Yeah, not eligible in the regular season. I would think that it's probably a thing, Matt, where he's eligible to practice for the bowl but not eligible to play uh, in the game. Let's see. Eric says, evening, Matt couple of questions. All right, let's get into it, Eric. He says, what do you think would be a good fit for the open head coach spots currently? And what about Mike Leach possibly coming to the SEC? Uh, Adam here on Twitter says, where is Schrader in his passing ability as a freshman that was supposed to redshirt this year? So kind of where is he? All right, so let's get into those two, those three questions. Number one good fits for the open head coaching spots. Honestly, I felt like Norvell at Memphis is a perfect fit for Ole Miss. You know, if you're looking at it from an Ole Miss perspective, it just seems to make a lot of sense, right? Now, you don't always get what you want. They're starting to say that he may be looking at going to Florida State. You never know how that stuff goes. And you're hearing a lot about Billy Napier, the Louisiana coach who has spent some time in the SEC as a coordinator, not a coordinator, but as a as an assistant at Alabama, and uh, then coached out West and then has done a really good job at Louisiana. You're starting to hear him maybe as a hot name for the Ole Miss job. But in terms of a good fit, I think certainly the best fit for Ole Miss would be Norvell from Memphis. It's just a matter of, you know, can they pull that off? Uh, you know, the other spots, I don't, I haven't really followed them that closely, and I hadn't heard a peep out of what's going on at Arkansas other than Lane Kiffin met with them, and that seems like that could work, but you know, that job has a long way to go. I just don't think you're ever going to see Mike Leach in the SEC. You know, there's too much of a reputation there of being prickly and, you know, maybe not the fit for this part of the country or a lot of its fans, but certainly he can coach. Uh, Brian on Twitter asking about at uh, Ole Miss, he says at TSUN, Norvell or Kiffin, <clears throat> if you had your druthers on those two, you'd probably go uh, Norvell number one and then Kiffin after that. All right, so 
And then to finish Eric's comment off, he said, hope one day him and Les Miles have their own show. Would that not be great? If you could get Mike Leach and Les Miles on the same show, put them on game day. I'll watch every second of it. Now, Junebug on Twitter. Why has nobody come after Bill Clark? I think he would be a steal for someone. Yes, is the answer. Let me just say, you don't want to you want to play for Bill Clark. You want to root for Bill Clark. You don't want to play against him or root against him. That's what I would say. Was he have UAB in the Conference USA title game? Just incredible. Uh, Augie says, watched hour one but didn't see hour two posted. Uh, hour two's there. It's there on Facebook. Uh, should be hour two of the show, just labeled a little different from today. Uh, Woe Townsend, Nashville is only a four-hour drive for you there in central Indiana. It's just a great spot, easy to travel to, so everybody wants to go to Nashville. I would think Tennessee would probably want to go to somewhere like the Gator Bowl maybe, right? Go to Jacksonville, play outdoors, and go to the beach. That's what I would think, but who knows what they want. Adam, a man, Adam Watson, he is uh, on Facebook, my and our family's Farm Bureau insurance agent. Adam says, if you could pick the bowl, what would you choose and why? And I, it would. For me, it would be Nashville just because, you know, selfishly it's drivable. I know that we'd have a great time. Neil Price, my broadcast partner at State, is a huge country music fan and a huge country music aficionado. I'd love to take some tours with him. He could give a lot of the tours. My family would be able to come. We could drive. Wouldn't have to fly. I don't like flying. You know, all that stuff. So selfishly, that's me. Yeah, Abby, you're right. Tennessee's talking about the Music City Bowl, too. And it just seems like, you know, that if if that's what they want, it does seem like kind of a no-brainer because you know they could sell, you know, all their tickets for that, most likely. And they've been there before, too. Um, Ethan says, uh, who doesn't love Nashville? Might catch a hockey game there also. I've never been to one, a pro hockey game. I'd love to see that. Christy. No to the Belk, she says. We went for Dak's last game, and it was terrible. It was awful weather. Y'all, in 2015, the Belk Bowl, we left the ho- the team hotel. We're on the bus, one of the early buses going to the stadium. And when we pulled up to the stadium, like we had to wait because there was this o- the stadium kind of had this overhang, and the bus pulled up under the overhang, and the water was just gushing off the edge of the stadium so hard that it made no sense to get off the bus, and we waited and waited and waited. When we got out of the hotel to go to the buses, we had to run around the block to get to the bus, and everybody's just soaking wet by the time we got there. And it was like that all day long. (laughs) And amazingly, two NFL quarterbacks, Dak Prescott and Jacoby Brissett for NC State that day, they threw the ball all over the field. Probably a pretty good indication of what those guys were made of. What's up, Keith? Hope you're doing well. Abby says, do you think Kylan stays another year? Well, that is a really good question. First of all, tip of the cap, attaboy Kylan. Here's to you, respect for winning the C Spire Connerly Trophy as the state of Mississippi's best college football player. Uh, They gave him that award last night. He won the fan voting and then, of course, won the award. And, um, you know, whether he comes back, look, he plays a position – that has a shorter shelf life, say that five times fast, has a shorter shelf life than other positions. And so I think what he should do is if he gets a grade from NFL scouts and stuff that they say, you know, you're a surefire second-round pick, no later than the second round. Well, as a running back, you have to go. You don't come back to college and take another year of wear and tear and then go even if you can improve your draft stock a little bit, you just go and start getting NFL reps right away. If that is iffy, if it's a later round projection, third or fourth for whatever reason, if any of that stuff's iffy, I think he should come back because he's getting so much better in the other areas of blocking and the pass pro and everything that if he does come back another year, if they're saying he's third or fourth, he could definitely after next year be a second rounder. Like if he goes and leads the SEC in rushing again, then he could do it. So I think it's really important for him to listen to the feedback and get some good, honest feedback. Because if they tell him, "Hey, you're a, you know, you're a second round pick," he's got to go, in my opinion. <clears throat> Let's see here. Brenda says, "I hope we don't go to the Belk Bowl." 
I saw one projection that had Southern Miss going to the Belk Bowl to play Virginia Tech. How about that? All right, Eric says Norvell to Ole Miss would be good. Napier as well, but I thought he might be better for Arkansas. Yeah, people are really high on Billy Napier, and he does coach an exciting brand of offense. And they are uh, great at game planning and calling plays and drawing up plays within the game. Woe Townsend said that what's the percentage chance Kylan returns next year? So we already kind of covered that. As far as a percentage chance, I just don't know because I don't know what kind of feedback he's getting. I would imagine that he's, you know, he probably does have some teams telling him that they would take him in the second round. He just got to make a smart decision there. Ethan says, wish we could get a Memphis versus Tennessee bowl since Tennessee thinks they run the state. Wouldn't that be great? Guy wants the Texas bowl, lives on the coast. And he has the proximity bias. Uh, Abby is from Nashville. She says, bring that one on. <laughs> I hear you. Um, Woe Townsend, what changes do I predict for state's coaching staff in the upcoming year? That's hard to know um, because a lot of you know staff change stuff has a, a lot to do with the, both sides of it. Where those coaches want to go. What are their opportunities? You know, like last year you saw – a couple of state coaches leave and go just east over to Tuscaloosa. Huff and Baker, the running backs coach, defensive line coach. And those were like, you weren't making a staff change. They were making a change. And that happens pretty much on every staff every year. It seems like one or two guys. And then that's impossible to predict. And and then in terms of changes you would make, you know, everybody really likes Joey Jones. And, he, and Joey's a former head coach and – has done really well um, everywhere he's been, but he's the special teams coordinator, and this year they've had a hard time on special teams. So whether or not they make a change there, who knows? I don't know. I know there's been you know a lot of talk about that among fans. So we're just going to have to wait and see, and I would imagine most people around the country are looking for ways to hold off on some of the staff shakeups until after signing day, fair or unfair, it's just the way it is. Excuse me. There you go. All right. Um, continuing on this podcast, special edition podcast presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. Remember that, mslandbank.com. That's where you go. Any kind of land need, buying, selling, looking, researching, Farmland, hunting land, anything like that, recreational, that's where you go. Mississippi Land Bank in North Mississippi. Find them at mslandbank.com. Katie on Facebook says, uh, who would you like to see State play in the bowl game and why? One of the projections that I saw had State playing against Louisville in the Music City Bowl in Nashville. And it's fine, you know, that'd be a neat matchup, but you just played Louisville two years ago. And uh, I saw one where there was a prediction of playing NC State and some of these things. You know, I just think generally they look for, they try to look for ways to avoid these repeating matchups. Like you played Iowa last year. I know it's different, but they would never, you know, put you together again this year. Um, Yeah, so... Who would you like to see him play? I don't know. State, you think about the matchup. State's team, I think, would match up well with some ACC teams like, you know, like a like an NC State, someone like that. They would match up pretty well with a Louisville. Um, you know, the projection of playing Oklahoma State out in Texas. I don't know about that one. I don't know how State really matches up right there because, you know, if you're State, you're hoping you play a team that struggles to throw the ball and struggles to stop the run because that would that would kind of play right into State's hands in terms of the matchup and what State does well. So if you were to play a team like Oklahoma State who has pretty good run defense and they throw the ball really well, then on paper that matchup would favor them. Yeah, so... I don't know. I think about those things. I want to win the game. And let me tell you, uh, having John Cohen on the show yesterday, he flat out said 
he said, Hey, and when I met with Joe Moorhead, he said, this is what we agreed on. And he said he could bring, he brought it up before I could bring it up, but I was going to bring it up. And that is this bowl trip is not a vacation. We're not going to have a fun trip somewhere and mix in a little football. This is going to be a business trip to go get better as a football team and program and win a football game. Very intent about that. All right. Junebug on Twitter says, I would love to see Florida play Alabama in a bowl game. And I mentioned that today on my radio show. You know, why not? I know they're conference teams. But look, you can tell that the committee is trying its best to put things in. They put Alabama down at number 12. Why would they put them all the way down there at 12? So some teams are going to lose this weekend ahead of them because they're going to play. Some teams ahead of them are going to play. And it would give them a chance to jockey the position where Oklahoma at 6 and Alabama at 12, they could finagle and manufacture this matchup in a New Year's Six Bowl between Alabama and Oklahoma so that you get Jalen Hurts versus his former team. They They laid it out. They are trying their best to provide a path where they can do that after this weekend's games. But what I said, looking at it, so you got Alabama at 12, you got Florida at 7, I don't care what bowl it is, that would do a bigger TV rating and would be more interesting to watch for everybody, Alabama versus Florida, than Alabama versus Oklahoma. I really believe that. So you may think I'm crazy, but I really believe that would be a better matchup and would do a better rating if those two played each other. So Junebug, I totally agree with you. I would love to see that committee set that up somehow to put those two in a bowl game together. I would love it. Is it. You know, slim chance because you can tell TV wants Oklahoma versus Alabama. Uh, Aaron on Twitter says, do you think State could go to the Liberty Bowl? I mean, I think there is a slim chance, but it's a really slim chance. Again, that's according to John Cohen, who was on the show, my radio show, yesterday here in the Farm Bureau studio. He, he, he laid out the other bowls. You know, Belk and Charlotte, the Music City in Nashville, the Houston, Bowl, the Texas Bowl in Houston. And then he said, he just basically says a teeny tiny sliver of a chance that the Liberty could be an option for us, but he made it sound as if it wasn't much of one. And to me, if that's coming from, you know, the athletics director of the school, then I think he pretty well, you know, knows what's up, right? All right, so let's see. Back over here on Facebook. Josh Love. What's up, Josh? Josh says, I'm torn because I live in Houston and I travel to Nashville through Memphis and come home through Birmingham. So we're scheduling travel based on the bowl. (laughs) I hear you. Uh, Adam on Twitter says, Matt, if we get destroyed in the bowl game, can we fire him? I mean, you can do anything you want. I just kind of doubt it. Uh, Junebug, what about Auburn-Alabama rematch? TV ratings will be off the charts. No question. And you saw them. They put Auburn at 11 and Alabama at 12. You know, they're probably not going to do that. But again, it, that game would draw a much higher TV rating than Alabama-Oklahoma. There's no question about it. Reg says we would run on Louisville. And I agree with that. State would run for a bunch of yards. John says, what kind of mic are you using? It sounds good. This is a Shure SM7B. Uh, I did have another mic here, an Electro Voice mic, but this is an old tried and true, and I wanted to go back to it. And uh, they are great mics. You know, a lot of people use them. But I will tell you, the sound on this is not just the mic. This is all running through a voice you know, a, a processor called uh, a DBX286S single channel uh, strip mic strip so it's got a compressor which keeps me when I get loud the sound level is about the same and when I speak quiet it still brings it up and squeezes it all down and uh, yeah it kind of helps with the sound so I think thank you for the compliment a sure sm7b this is the same microphone that Michael Jackson recorded thriller on many 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 years ago all right, Ethan, <clears throat> excuse me. Ethan on Facebook says that he saw somewhere Missouri was talking to Jim McElwain. He said, I don't know if it's true or not, but him back in the East might be interesting. Thoughts on his fit there. I, I tell you, um, 
you never know. It's so hard to judge how it would work and could it work and all that stuff. But the natural thought process is, you know, you look at, say, the example of Will Muschamp at South Carolina. He's doing a good job, but he's not doing necessarily a great job. They're not setting the woods on fire recruiting largely in their state because of Clemson and the surrounding area. They did go and beat Georgia this year in Georgia. He's done some good things. They put up points on offense. They survived the loss of their senior quarterback and all this. But, um, you know, what I'm saying, I'm using him as an example of if if you go to Florida and it can't work at Florida, what makes you think it's going to work at some other school in the SEC? Because Florida's Florida, right? It's like not It's like going and not winning at Texas. What other advantages do you want? They've got every advantage. So I don't know. I mean, and it might work fine. Uh, You never know. Maybe it was just a bad fit at Florida, but I'm a little skeptical if I'm being honest. Adam on Twitter says, I'm sick of going to Jacksonville. Houston would be cool. I I think it would be too. Go play. And and, and I've been to that stadium. You'll remember State opened the 2012 season. Or was it 2013? 13. That's what it was. They opened a 2013 season in Houston in NRG Stadium against Oklahoma State and mustered no offense. Tyler Russell got a concussion in that first game and State lost the opener. But we were in that stadium, and it is a phenomenal stadium uh, for a ball game. It really is. Hoops Addict. On Twitter says, any chance anyone sat out bowl game based on draft projections? Well, not yet. For state, now other schools, yeah, it's going to happen. They'll have some at Alabama. You have some elsewhere. Hadn't heard of any of that at state, to be honest with you. Yeah, Adam, 2013, that was a long ride home. It really was a long ride home for the folks who drove out there. That's true. It's It's a long way to go. Let's see. Reg says it's important to win the game. I agree. You know, when when you're a when you are a six and six team, it's really I just feel like for momentum and the whole narrative and trend of your program, it's really important to finish the year seven and six and not six and seven. Because frankly, six and seven is a losing season, isn't it? So I agree with you, Reg. It, the game's very important. Trey says, if Hill thinks he has good draft status, does he not play in the bowl? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. That's a good question. And look, think of it from his his perspective. I mean, life-changing, generational-type money for he and a family, and if they say, hey, you, if he's got half the teams in the NFL saying, you definitely are our number one running back on our board and we're not taking one of the second round, but you're the number one running back on the board, then he's got a decision to make, really. Now, if they don't do that, he probably doesn't have a decision to make. You go play. Hale State from Shreveport, Louisiana. Hello, Daniel. Appreciate that. Hope things are well there in Shreveport. Augie says, I'm thinking Kylan further displays his worth in the bowl and breaks the MSU season rushing record. Oh, okay. I said reg. Reg. Reg is short for Reggie. Got it. Got it. The soft G, not the hard. Okay, Reg, I got it. Um, Aaron on Twitter, the Tennessee game was a long ride home this year. I was so sad. Yeah, that's the thing about the long trip, right? It's so much better if your team wins. It's so much worse (laughs) if your team doesn't win. Uh, C. Jones says, who will start at quarterback? I feel certain that in the bowl game it will be Garrett Schrader. He's your quarterback of the future. Uh, Tommy Stevens is getting a chance to go and play in the, what is it, the NFL or the the, the East-West game or the NFL-PA game. It's one or the other that Tommy's getting a chance to do that, so he might as well just make sure he's healthy for that that pro experience to try to impress those the, the pro coaches. Uh, and hoops addict Jomo needs every win possible. I, I agree. You know the whole thing. They need they need that positivity. They desperately need the positivity of a bowl win going into the spring. I agree with you. Junebug says it was great to see Gibson have an impact in the bowl game. Uh, he's been a true dog. He really has. Nick Gibson is a great great kid. He really is. Dan 
Dan the Coffee Man, Dan Skinner on Facebook says, Hey, Matt, love your podcast. Thanks for all the insights. Well, thank you for all the coffee. Speaking of, where'd that go? I got it right here, Dan. I'm finishing up what's left of some coffee that I had uh, in the thermos. And, uh, yeah, you meant the egg bowl, June bug. I got you. And, y'all, <clears throat> get your coffee from Dan the Coffee Man at High Point Roasters in New Albany. Go to highpointroasters.com and just order it, and it shows up at your house. You can get it ground. You can get it in the you know beans and grind it yourself. And he sent me some new coffee that they have. It's new stuff. It's brand new. I don't know if I'm the first Mississippian to drink this, but I'm close. <laughs> and look, and he sent me the information with pictures and information where the, where the coffee comes from. I mentioned this on the radio yesterday. This is really cool. And for those of you on Facebook, when we get done, I forgot to do it, actually. But when we get done, I'm going to post the PDF files of the notes on these two types of coffee that Dan uh, sent me, just because you may find it really interesting. But one is from Rwanda. Now, I do a terrible job of the pronunciations on these, y'all. But look, Rwanda Muraho Bumbago washed. What do you think? Not bad, huh? Not bad. The the uh, Bumbago Coffee Washing Station is today run by the Niza Trading Company, or Neza Trading Company, close partners of the Muraho Trading Company. It was built in 2017 in Gaginki, a district in Rwanda's northern province known for its high-quality coffee. Uh, in recent years, Gaginki has produced several winning lots in the Cup of Excellence. That's what I have every morning. That's how I start my day every morning is with a Cup of Excellence from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Look at the picture there in Rwanda. See? And then the other one is Ethiopia, Yirgachev, Misty Valley. Check that out. That's in Ethiopia. Okay, and that's where that coffee, I got some coffee down there that came from here. <laughs> Thanks to Dan the Coffee Man. The washed coffees of Yirgachev have long been prized for their delicate tea-like aromatics and clean citrus, citrus flavor. That's what I started with, uh, Dan, is the Ethiopia. And it really is true. It smells a little different. It's very, very good, though. Recently, producers in the Gadio region have been reinventing the natural process originally developed in Ethiopia to offer a completely different profile from this well-known origin. The Misty Valley is a prime example of the fruitiness, complexity, and character of these natural Yirgashev coffees. Now, if I'm off on the pronunciations, you'll understand. But anyway, I'll post these on the Facebook page for you. Thank you, Dan. Good coffee. My friend, Daniel on Facebook says, okay, so the players that were suspended for eight games this year, they'll be able to play in a bowl game? Absolutely. They can all play in a bowl game. Matthew, why is State having so much trouble scoring points on offense with Moorhead's system? Well, yeah, I would tell you that probably they, they probably have had more trouble than they anticipated at times. I would imagine that's aided by injuries at quarterback aided by last year, learning the new system, and then this year, um, injuries at quarterback. It really kind of throws a kink in it. That's what I would say. Kevin, if our linebackers don't go pro, we should have one of the best linebacking core in the SEC by far next year. I totally agree. If Errol Thompson and Willie Gay return for next season, look out. I'll go buy a number 40 jersey and a number 6 jersey. Put it on. Walk around in it. All 265 pounds of me. <laughs> I'm approaching Jamarcus Russell status. Reg, I just think it's a big springboard for Coach Mo to win, win the bowl in recruiting to get off on a good foot for next year because what you don't want is for your in-state competition to hire a coach. They're going to have excitement and positivity just because they're making a coaching change. And you don't want to like open the door for negative recruiting and stuff on your side and, and slow your role, which frankly, losing that bowl game might do that. That's just the reality of it. It's a big deal. 
Joy says she saw that Fitz is trying out for the Broncos. Yeah, the Denver Broncos gave Fitz a workout after the Buccaneers um, released him a few weeks ago. And the report that I saw said that if they decide to sign him, that it might actually be for a position change for him. Now, I, I'm assuming tight end or something like that. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Hoops Addict. Wish you could try some of this coffee I brought back from Vietnam. Wow. I would sure love to give it a try. Andrew, Tua is having a press conference tomorrow at 2.30. Is he staying or going pro? Good question. Look, there are teams that are going to want to take him in the first round and just take the chance on that he doesn't get hurt again, you know, because he's that good. So he, I would imagine he's going to go. Yeah. I would imagine he's going to go. And he knows and they know that the sooner he announces that, the better it helps him potentially recruiting the next guy. Some fresh, some five-star that thinks he's going to come in, win the job next year. I, I, I guess that. But, you know, also the thing is, I said this earlier, I've always said Tua was the best in the SEC, said it all year long, even though Joe Burrow was having the year he's having. Then I started to kind of question that as Burrow continued to do what he was doing. And then Tua got hurt. And that type of injury – Big old, bad, severe hip dislocation. I just believe that it's going to happen again. It's not a matter of when, if it's just a matter of when. That's really what I believe. And it'll matter. Then it'll be, you know, can you heal up from it or is it a career ender? So I would be wary if I were a, you know, an evaluator in the NFL, which I'm not, obviously. A reminder again, thanks to Mississippi Land Bank for sponsoring this podcast and uh, for helping me so much uh, throughout the years. And the reason they do it is because they want to, through me, reach out to you. And they just want to make sure that you're aware of Mississippi Land Bank throughout North Mississippi and mslandbank.com. If you ever have a land need, that's where you need to go. Next time you see one of your buddies out on the street, just walk up to him and sneak up behind him and go, Land Bank! And watch him jump up off the ground. Junebug says, our biggest problem in scoring is catching the football. Drop pass, a difference in first down or punt. They've had some important drops, right? There's been some touchdown drops. They've caught some, too. But they certainly have dropped some uh, these last couple of years. Rocky says, it seems it wasn't mentioned much. Thought was cool that Joe got Keaton into the Egg Bowl. Any thoughts on what will happen with Keaton? That is a good question. I was surprised by that. I know that Tommy was hurt, uh, but I was surprised to see Keaton play in the Egg Bowl at, at that point. Uh, but I like it. He's such a good athlete, and you know, if you you finally get him a hundred percent ready to go, man, put him on the field. You know, he just gives you there's something about Keaton that you just get a feeling from him that you've got a chance to win. And I know he didn't win the job this year and the whole transfer thing, but. I just like the kid. Hoops Addict on Twitter wonder uh, why no offer to wide receiver Jason Brownlee of East Mississippi. Is that the kid from West Point? Brownlee went to West Point High School. Do I have the right guy in mind? I don't I don't keep up with it really closely, but I think I saw he's from West Point. Uh, Aaron says he thinks Keaton will start next year in, in Schrader red shirts. Um, Rodney, love your podcast, and I'm a first-timer on here, and I love it. Hail State. Thanks, Rodney. I appreciate that very much. Do me a favor, Rodney, and uh, hit up Mississippi Land Bank on Twitter at MS Land Bank or on Facebook and let them know that you enjoy it as well because they make this stuff possible for me. Andrew, also love your play breakdown videos. They are awesome. Thank you for bringing that up, Andrew. Y'all, listen, I posted today on um, – YouTube on the YouTube channel. It's just youtube.com slash Matt Wyatt Media if you want to type it in. Or just go to YouTube and search Matt Wyatt. You'll see me, the same logo. And I posted today, it's about a 25, 23, 25-minute uh, film study of 14 plays from the Egg Bowl where we break it down and show you how the plays happen. 14 impactful plays in the Egg Bowl. How State built the lead. How Ole Miss came back and tied it. How State got the lead, and then obviously the end of the game, some things that happened. So uh, check that out. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, I posted the link on the Facebook page as well. Um, 
It's all it's on my Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter for me are at Radio Wyatt. I've put links on there to that stuff too. So just check all that out and uh, let me know what you think. I enjoy hearing the feedback. Adam on Twitter says, Matt, where are you from in Alabama? Well, we moved around. Uh, my dad was a pastor growing up, so we didn't live in one place uh, the whole time. But um, we, as a as a small, so I was I was born in Montgomery, and we lived in Clanton, which was my dad's hometown, for just a little while, and then we moved to Louisville, Kentucky, where my dad went to the seminary up until the time I was about three years old. Then we moved back to Prattville. So as a preschooler, we lived in Prattville for a year or two. Then we moved to Selma. And in Selma is where I went to like first uh, kindergarten and first grade. Then we moved to Russellville in North Alabama, kind of close to the Shoals area. And we lived there from the time I was in the second grade up until the eighth grade. So we lived there the longest of any place growing up. And we moved towards the end of, I didn't get to finish eighth grade in Russell and we moved to Prattville, finished eighth grade and then went to ninth and 10th, 11th and 12th. So all four years of high school went to Prattville. And now my dad lives down in Dothan, Alabama. My mother lives in Wetumpka. That's also where my sister lives, which is Wetumpka is right outside of Prattville, between Prattville and Montgomery. So, you know, there's really no one place that is home. I would say Chilton County kind of feels that way, but really Russellville feels like home. And what, I'll tell you something really cool that I'm excited about. I got a, a, a contact earlier this week from a kid that I grew up with. He's not a kid anymore. the same age. We're in our 40s. But we were kids together growing up in Russellville um, 30 years ago. And he reached out and he invited me to come to Russellville next week, next Tuesday, to speak to their Civitans Club. And I'm going to go. Next Tuesday happens to also be my birthday. And I'm going to get to go back and to my place I grew up that does kind of, even though my family's not there, it's sort of the place feels like home and get to go and talk to some people and probably some folks I know and talk to the Civitan Club. So I plan on going early that day, doing some driving around and seeing the places and seeing the neighborhoods and all that. So um, it's always kind of emotional, frankly. And so I'm going to put myself through that again and maybe get the tears out of the way before I have to get up and talk because I cannot stand crying in front of people or getting choked up because it is ugly. I'm an ugly dude, and boy, it is some kind of ugly when I get choked up. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're pushing 45 minutes here on the podcast uh, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. I see where Rodney on Facebook yelled at me, Land Bank. Land Bank, back at you, Rodney. Uh, Stacy says, love this platform. Thank you. Keith says, I heard the hardest you ever got hit, Matt, was in practice. Did you wake up looking through your ear hole? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a true story. One of those big senior defensive linemen hit me in a scrimmage, and I didn't see it coming, and like it just kind of knocked me crazy. And I think I hit the ground. It twists me all up, and my helmet's all turned around sideways. Like, here's my helmet. Hang on. <clears throat> this is a helmet I played in. Check that out. That's it looks bigger than it really is. See, I mean it's you know. But um it had it all around crooked and I'm looking through the ear hole like uh pulled it off and I thought I was going to heaven because I saw a light at the end of a tunnel. You wanna see if this thing still fits before we hang up? This is the helmet I wore um in the nineteen ninety nine season, so twenty years ago, my senior year. See, back then we had our number on the back. We didn't do the dog bones anymore. We had an NCAA sticker, the old Nike interlocking, and then just old classic John Elway face mask. State. I didn't realize it, but we had a state right there. You see the air helmet? See what it is, the air deal in there, the rubber ring? All right, here goes. This used to fit seamlessly. Oh, Lord. Dad, gummit is tight. <laughs> Look at here. Oh man, it hurts. I'm gonna have Peyton Manning forehead when I take this thing off. Oh, sorry about that. Check it out. Whoo! 
Look how fat my face is. I can't even hardly talk. My cheeks are so fat in there. I'm like chubby. It used to just slide right on. I look like a lineman in here. I look like Jared Lorenzen. Anyway, I got it on. Now check out how hard it is to get it off. There you go. <laughs> that was fun. I could still run a snap. Coach Cheryl gave us a speech last week uh, before the reunion. And uh, we were up in the M Club. And he said, now I know you guys probably couldn't, we could go out and maybe only run four or five plays tonight in this game. He said, but I know this. We'd win those four or five plays. <laughs> and there was a few of those darn rights. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing. Okay, and let's roll. Here we go. Matthew says, what is your prediction for the SEC championship game? I have a hard time seeing Georgia just outscoring LSU, but I expect a very good competitive game because I think Georgia is going to be shot out of a cannon and as motivated as a team has ever been. Not that LSU wouldn't, but I think I think Georgia's because Georgia's going to take the approach that we it's a must win game. We must win this game to get into the playoff. So I think Georgia may fight them. Danny, do you have any insight into the mindset of a team looking forward to a bowl? And the 2020 season. Yeah, I mean, different teams have different motivations. Like last year, Georgia playing Texas in whatever consolation bowl, there was Sugar Bowl, is what the has basically become. And Georgia was not motivated for that game. They weren't. They lost the SEC title. They're not in the playoff. And Georgia was just there. And it showed the way they played. Other teams are trending up when they get in those games. And so, you know, I think the way State played in the Egg Bowl is the right trend. I think State's going to tee it up and tee somebody up in the bowl game. I really do. Kevin, how does State look at receiver next year? Seems to be the one position group we tend to fall behind at or never have that one true threat in the group. Last one I can remember is Moles. Yeah, the last great one is Moles. Now, we had some great ones in the late 90s. Kelvin Love and Kevin Prentice. Those guys could really go get it. Matt Butler and some others. They were so dependable, but still nobody's like Moles. He's the last, what, drafted receiver State's had. Uh, which that's a long time ago, let's be honest. Um, hey, Chris from Prattville. Uh, Kevin Williams, Fred Ross was the last great one. Uh, okay, Fred Ross, the last great one, 2016. Uh, not drafted, but did get a chance. Some NFL teams. Uh, guy laughed when I said I'm gonna have Peyton Manning for him. You remember when Peyton played? Every time he took his helmet off, like his 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 forehead was constantly hamburger meat the whole time he played. Um, Jacob says I'm an Australian thinking about playing football for the first time next season. Any advice? What I would say, Jacob, is punt. Just punt, and I bet you already know how to do that better than most guys here. Anyway, be a punter, make lots of money punting. As a matter of fact, it just seems to me that everybody, every major college football team in America ought to have an Australian punter. Keith, uh, thanks for trying it on. It wouldn't turn sideways. Oh, man. It, look, that, that thing would break my nose if I tried to put it on sideways now. Stacy, do you think the Hale State football team is going to be juiced and working hard for our bowl game, or will they treat it like a vacation and mail it in? Stacy, like I said earlier on my radio show yesterday, John Cohen said, this is not a vacation. Joe Moorhead adamantly agrees with this. This is a business trip and a game that we must win. We will not treat it like a vacation where we're mixing in a little football. Lane says, I have one of the interlocking MSU helmets just like yours. That's pretty cool. Was it worn by a player? If so, I'd love to know who it was. Excuse me. Um, Andrew, do you have another one of those, uh, one of these planned soon? Enjoying this. Keep doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, now that certainly with football season behind us and we're kind of getting in the overlap, right? The football postseason basketball, I'll be calling the game tomorrow night with Bart. If time allows, I plan to do this uh, from Humphrey Coliseum tomorrow night after the basketball game for a few minutes before I get on the road. So tune in for that. Um, 
Lane, Fred Ross is going to play in a, in Seattle with the XFL team. Okay, good, good. Better play as long as you can because one of these days you're going to be thirty something and wake up. All your athletic ability is going to start to go, and your back's going to hurt. And it's going to hurt the rest of your life. So play while you can. Jay, would Felipe Frank start at State or Ole Miss if he chose to go to either school after entering the portal? That's Jay in Baltimore. Um, Felipe Franks would not start at State ahead of Garrett Schrader. Garrett Schrader is going to be special. Y'all remember I told you that. Christian Thomas, uh, where can I find the chart showing State at the top with the overall best win percentage in all sports of 2019 in the SEC? Christian, that chart is on my Twitter feed. I retweeted it yesterday. And the original tweet came from Jay White, and his Twitter account is at Jay Says Words. And so you can look it up right there, but I also retweeted it. So just go to at Radio Wyatt on Twitter, and uh, you can see just within the last couple of days' tweets a retweet of that. Lastly, I was going to point this out. Um, 21 minutes ago, Barrett Salee tweeted this. Source tells me that Liberty is prepared to offer Hugh Freeze an extension that will make him one of the highest paid coaches in the group of five. Freeze led the Liberty Flames to a 7-5 and five record in his first season with the program. That just came out just a minute ago. And then finally, uh, this will be the last one on Facebook, and then we'll jump off of here. We'll call it a night on the podcast presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Lane says... Um, his helmet that he has, it looks like it took some hits. Not sure who wore it. Was a graduation present from the great Phil Silva. And Lane was a student worker there for athletics. What a present that was. Not so much the present itself, but the fact that it came from Phil Silva, our great uh, equipment manager who's now retired and hanging out at uh, the outfield at Duty Noble Field and every home weekend. So y'all head on out there and see Phil. All right, that'll wrap it up. Uh, for tonight's podcast, presented by Mississippi Land Bank. Visit them online, mslandbank.com. They understand the lay of the land. They understand that farming is not just the simple life. Sometimes it's big business, big spreadsheets, and sometimes big loans, big-time planning. Maybe it's uh, recreational property that you're into. I'm not there yet financially, but someday I just pray and hope I can have a big piece of land with a lake on it. <laughs> Go camping and fishing and call it mine. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, a guy can dream. But I know what I'm going to do when I get to that point. The first call I'm going to make is to Matthew Kimbrew over here at the Mississippi Land Bank branch office in Tupelo. He'll be the first phone call I make. So for everybody joining in, I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for all the interaction. That's great. It would be a heck of a note to like put it out there and then nobody ask any questions, wouldn't it? That would be tough. So thanks to everybody so much. We'll do it again. Y'all tune in tomorrow night. I'll try to, uh, if, if time allows, I'll try to jump on with you here uh, tomorrow night after the basketball game at Humphrey Coliseum. So tune in for that. And without further ado, have a good night and see ya.